Welcome to the Dealmakers Coffee Break, where we talk to industry pros about their success stories, deals, and market insights in just enough time for you to enjoy a cup of coffee. So grab your mug and join us for a chat with the people behind the deals. I'm Asaf Raz. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Dealmakers Coffee Break Edition. And today we have one amazing guest, which I already like because we're both CrossFit fans. Noel Purnell, he's from Crown Capital. They've been doing some amazing work. Actually, Noel has been in the business since since 2013, if I'm not mistaken. And he's going to tell you why one of the best things that happened to him in his life is getting fired and going into real estate. So Noel, please take it away. Tell us about yourself and uh, we'll take it from there. Yeah, so I, um, I'm a former scientist, uh, former pro athlete, and full-time real estate investor. So got my, my, my background is in biology and a master's in biochemical engineering. I tried out for the 2008 Olympics for track and field. Wow. I uh, didn't make it, but I did get a chance to uh, go to Beijing Games as well to guy run for a Paralympian named Alicey Porter. So he was legally blind. So we were tethered together at our hands. So I was his mirror image. So running. So that was a great opportunity. It was an amazing feat because I was feeling a little deflated, but it was amazing that I could help someone else realize their dreams. I feel like that's so much of what you're doing right now. And again, you'll talk about this with Crown Capital, but it's it's so much alike. Because yeah, it has a correlation to that. And I always kind of bring that analogy of, you know, that, you know, that feeling of helping someone and what I'm doing now with Crown Capital. And uh, you are correct. 2013-ish is when, you know, I finally got, you know, that first property, but it was actually, I went almost 36 months, three years without a property. So 2000, and, oh, this is another gem for all you guys. <laughs> is that after I didn't make, uh, you know, Olympics and came from the, uh, you know, Beijing games, my uh, stepmother and my father were like, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You got to do something. You know, you need to go to work. You need to go to work, whatever. So I entered, I worked, went to work for GSK in North Carolina. And what I want to say here is that I was still young, man. I was, I was 26, maybe, you know, I had plenty of time to make a run for the 2012 games, but I let someone else's fear impose on me. So if you're out there listening, don't let someone else's fear, but it doesn't mean they don't love you. They just can't understand. This is a, it was a different way of thinking from uh, generations where, you know, my dad worked at Merck Pharmaceuticals, retired from Merck. So that's what he knew to do. And he was a, he worked this, he worked his way up. So, you know, he, you know, he stayed there for years, put himself through college. He, he's an amazing man, you know, started in the mailroom and then worked nights in the mailroom at Merck, went to school in the daytime and then got his degree and worked his way in Merck because a phenomenal and uh, up to a VP level. Wow. So a phenomenal man doing that, but you can't let someone's fears be imposing on you. Tell that to my dad. I'm, I'm 30, almost 31. And he still tells me, I can't believe you didn't go to university. And I said, well, it, it is it, what it is. Fun fact, you know, I've done so many deals and my father has come to see some of my projects. He still won't invest. That's uh, what the day he invests in your business. That's when you know you made it. You know, that's when you know you made it. Dude, if I could give you a, a fist pump on this, I swear, you're right. You're right. That's Still. amazing. He's like, oh, it looks great. Wonderful. You know, 
Ah, nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like my dad. It's fine. We're we're very much alike. I feel. I feel like we're very much alike. Okay, wait. So continue on. I'm sorry. I'm always interrupting you. Go ahead. Hey, yo, I work at the work at GSK. So this is about 2009. They call us in. They were shutting down the building. Anybody that was in North Carolina, the Research Triangle Park, it was the uh, the building that looks like a beehive. It was called the Lion Kitchens Building. It was like a big beehive. If you were down here around this time, you're well aware of them shutting down that building. And so when I was getting, basically getting fired, it's, it's a it's a, a tactful firing. That's what they're called. When you say lay off, you just still got fires. It's a, a graceful firing, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I think it's actually worse because it's like, a slow death, like you know that day is coming, mm-hmm. and now it's anxiety of like, oh my goodness, I have to, I have to find this, I have to find a job. You know, I, being terminated is probably almost better. It's like a bandy, it's like right off, and like now you you can just you can immediately move on, you know. But you know, <laughs> I know that's it, my kind of. I know, I know it feels. I know it feels. It's like um. So when you talk about a lot of layoffs in the industry and everybody's saying, oh, you know, Amazon is going to lay off some people. So am I that person or not? It's, it's you that person. But yeah. then it's like, that is like the nerve wracking feeling. And after that, that was kind of what drove me into real estate because I didn't want anyone ever had that power over me. How do you overcome something like this? You know, it's, it's, I can only imagine that feeling and, you know, it's both being laid off and then saying, I'm going to do real estate, but not only that, I'm going to do it by myself, like, or with partners, but I'm going to be running the business. That's a, what a great transition. It's, it's an athlete transition. I feel like. I, I was going to say, when you said, how do you handle that? I, I always feel that people should play some type of competitive, it doesn't have to be a sport, but some type of competition because you need to learn how to lose and handle defeat and, and, and handle heart rate. And so you can move on, you know, and that's, that, that's one thing that I think everyone should do. It doesn't have to be a, maybe an athletic sport. There's plenty other types of competitions that you can have that same emotion. But I, I believe that you need to learn how to lose, you know, or to have that feeling, you know, of, of losing because of what that does to you and, and then how it progresses you as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. I was a, I was a pro tennis athlete in Israel for 12 years, more, 14 years. I lost so, years. I, I lost so much. I can't even remember how much I lost, <laughs> but I remember every time I won, by the way, every time I won, I remember. You always do. <laughs> I always tell people like this, think about this. I trained four years and in under 10 seconds, it was over. Wow. What a feeling. I know it feels, I know it feels, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy, but, but you had, you have such a great background. I mean, you've done so much and I feel like you give so much inspiration to people. I'm already inspired and we're, we've been talking for the last, what, eight minutes. Uh, So it's, 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 it's it's already been great. So I want to, I want to discuss a little bit about, you know, we, we have some topics that you came up with in advance and I'd like you to kind of, I, I see what you're doing with crown capital, right? You're teaching also, you're educating if anyone didn't see that yet, go to the Crown Capital website. You can learn about, you got a free ebook. You can t- learn the top 100 multifamily terms, letter of intent, property management questionnaire, and obviously the due diligence checklist, which I really liked. Uh, you can join meetups and also get interested in investing with Crown Capital. What kind of stands behind, like not every investment firm does that, where they try to educate everybody. So tell us a little bit about your strategy, what you're doing today both on the educational side, but also how are you kind of treating the market right now in terms of investments? Yeah, I, I think we just want to be true to us. And I think, you know, my, my two, I have two partners, Lupe and Tiffany, and we're definitely exactly white collar workers where we, they're still in the industry right now. You know, I'm still the only full-time investor in my group. 
and we relate to them. And so what we're trying to do is just show them like we're not, you know, I, I hear other, you know, syndicators or fund managers tell them not to do this and not don't put your money in the stock market. You know, don't put it here. You know, that's not our strategy. You know, what we were trying to educate people that there are more ways to build your nest egg than just contributing to your 401k blindly, but to, to your company, you don't even know where it's, it's going. So, you know, I'm, we're just showing that there's different ways, you know, we're not telling you to avoid the stock market. I still invest in the stock market. I know how I had my portfolio set up, but I still invest in the stock market. But I do know over the last, you know, 10, 11 years, real estate has definitely kicked my stock market's returns ass, you know? So I, I do know that. We try to be relatable to the sense that we know what it feels like. When we do our weekly meetup, it's at 7 p.m. We know people have had a long work day, you know? And so we're just trying to give volume to people so they can just educate themselves so that they can make the right choice, you know? Because there's, a, I always say, there are a lot of great marketers out there, but, you know, comes to this real estate stuff, there's very far and few that really know how to operate and, you know, and, and, and asset manage, you know, cause there are a lot of people who are trying to just get paid on acquisition fees, which I think is, you know, I, well, I, I don't want to sound like a hater or anything like that. No, that's okay. It's not a, it's, it's your strategy. You no, know? like it's sometimes if you're just, you know, picking up projects to get acquisition fees, you're not truly stabilizing the mm-hmm. property. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into getting a business plan and executing a business plan for a building. And when you're holding on to someone's money, that's their, that can be their last, that can be one of their, their, their children's college fee. It, it can be anything. I don't, I don't care how, what the amount is, it's theirs and they're entrusting you. And so we take that so serious. It also gives me a level of anxiety, which while I, I probably have maybe two or three more years in, in syndications, you know, because uh, it's a certain anxiety that I have that I'm reviewing metrics all the time because I'm looking for the best interest of my of my investors. And I'm really trying to protect it, but it's like, oh my goodness, what's happening here? And I'm like, I'm, I'm the property manager like, hey, what's this going on here? Why are we all doing this? And I have to really be an iron fist because I have people to answer to and I don't want to let them down. That is like, the, my mom's money's in there. She's retired. Mm-hmm. Her money's in there. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I'm just like, I can't let it fail. I've heard this many times from uh, from syndicators. I know that specifically also multifamily has been booming in the last 10, 14 years, specifically the last four or five years. It's been a crazy um, asset class to invest in. I feel like what's happening now, which could be part of the anxiety, but also maybe there's something behind that too, is you know when we're seeing the... the a few days ago, I had a conversation with a great guy called uh, Paul Thompson. And I told him, what are you doing right now where interest rates are so high and it's really hard to to pay returns to your investors and high returns like you probably promised them at the beginning of the project. And he says, Asaf, you're fundamentally mistaken by saying they are very high. So if you look at the history of real estate, that- to, I've been telling it. That yeah, is the reason. Re- so the- like our, our interest rates, I think, are leveling out to where they- I've said this in other podcasts. Like I, I totally agree with that statement. Yes. So he totally said, agree. this is where they should be. And the idea right now is to actually invest, like you said, actually find the right properties that you're able to stabilize over time. So I wanted to know if you have a a cool story about one of the recent um, deals that you've made or one of the assets you want to talk about of how you were able, you were able to stabilize them, even in this interest rate environment where it's a little bit higher than what we were used to in the last 10, 14 years. Dude, I have to (laughs) find (laughs) that. Me too. 
this because I, I I've recently been doing two two refis that were just done in May, and then I just got a new acquisition, a twenty unit, mm-hmm. and so I'll go with the bank. I don't want to call it bad, but there are, you, you mentioned what is changing in banking terms, and there's a lot of uncertainty right now, uncertainty in the um, financial industry right now. And so I had a bank that I was doing a refi on one of my a commercial building and I want a small apartment building. And the day beforehand, they changed the terms on me. I was already, and I was like, I thought it was rate lock. And they were like, yo, I'm sorry, we're going to have to go up a percent and we're going to hold back because it was a cash out refi. Mm-hmm. They're holding back 25000 in a in their money market account. And I can get it after a year with my DCR staying above 1.25. Wow. I was asking them like, well, how did you come up with that number of 25,000? They couldn't explain it. And it was an internal number. I'm like, what do you mean? And this is a smaller bank that I was I was dealing with. But now I'm thinking about going back to like my TD banks, my Wells Fargo, mm-hmm. Chase's. I just think it's, it's for me, I can kind of see the, the tell the time right now to go with the bigger banks. It was better for me previously to go with the smaller because the underwriters and things of that nature. But I think now they're just kind of, I wouldn't say they're tightening up. It's just coming up with some unsavory like rules, you know, and just yesterday I did another refi on a commercial building. So it's a, a commer- brick and mortar commercial at the bottom, apartments up top. Mm-hmm. I closed on it and I get, you know, all these calls from the title company like, oh, we sit the wire to your account, but they're saying it's not supposed to go there. So there again, the company is changing, the, the bank is changing the rules mm-hmm. and say, oh no, this money has to go into their account here. Mm-hmm. And we made your account. I was like, how did you make me account? No one, no one mm-hmm. even told me, mm-hmm. you made your account at, at your branch or at your, at your bank. I'm just noticing the things with the little banks, as far as larger commercial uh, loans, the lenders, you should be probably looking at you know sixty five percent, fifty five to sixty five percent loan to volume now, bringing mm-hmm. it, uh, bringing that type of cash right now. I've seen anywhere, even a small credit union in San Antonio for a deal we were trying to loan Lubbock. He wanted the DSCR to be above one point four zero. Very interesting. Post closing liquid normally is about two to three percent. Now I'm seeing about ten. They'll yeah. above 10% or more. They want to see you liquid afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm seeing those type of things going. And as far as another creative deal, I got a 20 unit in Houston and I closed there for under five grand. Well, it was like $5,100. Mm-hmm. I got that on a plane ride. No way. To a mine in Houston. And I heard the lady over, over talking. I always tell people it pays to pay for a first class. Talk so about you know, talk about networking, right? It pays to be in a, in a certain area, and you know, some fine, you know, first class, and I'm overhearing her, you know, giving a grievance to her seatmate. I'm over here, and I'm just like, you know, I do real estate. We do a handshake deal, wow. and this is where it goes a little risky. A handshake deal. I named the flight after the uh, LLC after the flight, so the flight name is Eight Flight Eight Three Eight Five. I named that the LLC. I take it over the building. That what happened was her husband died and the property manager down there didn't pay her for over a year. And so I told her, I was like, hey, what are your needs? She says, I just want to make sure I can pay the debt because the trust, the money from the trust is uh, you know, lowering. So I said, I'll go and handle it. I took over to property management. This is January 26 that this happened. So I had to rush in there, basically fire the property manager, tell the tenants. 
hey, I need you to send this money to this account. You know, and they're like, who the hell are you? And I'm like, hey, I'm the new guy. <laughs> What's going to happen? You know, I need to get all these rents in. So you don't go to this lady, this other lady that was willing this. She's a terrible person. I told her she, uh, she's a sewer. Uh, this is a terrible person that's taking that woman's money. And I got it set up. I ended up stabilizing wow. the property. I went to actually officially to title in April. So officially closing in title. So it is a subject to deal. That means you take over the deed to the property, but the mortgage still remains mm-hmm. in that person's name. There are some do's and don'ts to that. There's always the uh, do on sale clause that a mortgage company, if they see that, the property was transferred to another entity or individual, they can call that loan. Fortunately, they didn't actually talk to the to the gentleman of, of that bank. And he was like, oh, you're still you're you're the one paying this. I was like, yep, I'm the one paying it. We had the T12. He was like, and I told him, like, we're working right now on another debt service. He was like, great. And I said, all I need is another like 45 days. I do have a broker from Graystill working on this deal right now. Nick, if anybody knows from Graystone, Nick is a great guy right now. So he, he's helping me out on that. But that's how I got that deal for under five, you know, 5,100. That's, that's insane. What a great networking story. I mean, it, it's sometimes things that just happen, right? Like you're in the right place and the right time. You hear the right sentence from someone and just things happen. And I wasn't supposed to be on that flight. That's the crazy. <laughs> it got delayed. I was coming from Lubbock and there was a storm in Lubbock. And that's how I got pushed to be on that flight. It's, it was, it's insane. I, honestly, I think that entrepreneurs will always be entrepreneurs. And if your ears are open to something, good things are going to happen to you. So I really love what you're doing. I really love those stories and how you kind of changed your life into real estate. You built your investor club and um, you're doing great things with, with Crown Capital. For every episode that we do, we have this, what I call a shameless plug. This is where you have the opportunity to say to our audience, which is very quickly growing. So what you're looking for today, how you can help them if they want to, how they can reach you. It's a shameless plug. So you can say whatever you want, honestly. I love talking real estate. I can, I can do that as much as I like talking about sports. I'm, I'm a big, you know, I'm a big tennis fan as well. So like, um, so I love all sports. <laughs> I have a funny story about me playing tennis as well. Um, but I can be reached at noel at crowncapitalcorp.com. I can also always give out my phone number, 267-265-3721. I normally respond to everyone within 24 hours. Um, mm-hmm. I'm big on, I don't think anyone is that important that we can't send a, hey, I pay a text or something like that to get get it rolling. Mm-hmm. You know, we always have conflicts or constraints, but I'm always a one fair, like, you know what, I can, I can get decency to answer someone. And I'm always here to get any type of information. I like to show people the truth about, you know, HUDs, loans, you know, how much do you really make doing multifamily? You know, if you're trying to start it on your own, or you're trying to go syndication or you're trying to go funds, because every situation presents a different opportunity. You know, everyone doesn't have to hit home runs to make it to the hall of fame. Mm-hmm. So I'm always teaching, like, what is your financial vitality? What mm-hmm. do you want out of life? And that will dictate how many, you know, we'll have one, how much money you need to earn. Because we don't make money. How much you want to earn? You know, how do you want to distribute that? How much do you want to give? I'm always big on this too. What do, how much do you want to give away for charity or tie it away? You know, you have to have a good portion, you know, and this is just me being, I guess it's a particular thing that I do. Not all investors do it, but with, you know, if you talk to me, I'm always talking about, all right, yes. What value can I, you know, bring to you to help you? But then what value are you going to bring to someone else 
you know, you know, we have to operate in abundance, but you know, a closed fist cannot receive nothing if it can't give anything as well. So, you know, I always try to push that. It's amazing, Noel. I love, I love, I love it. I love your strategy. I love how you kind of treat life and how you treat different partners. Everybody now knows how to reach you. I also recommend to go to crowncapitalcorp.com specifically to the learn tab. If you're looking to learn something new or the portfolio or invest with us, CTAs on the top, they're going to help you learn more about the deals that Noel is running right now with uh, Crown Capital. Noel, it was such an amazing episode. I have to keep it short and quick for the coffee break. Oh, by the way, how was the mug? Did you get the mug? Yes, I, and I have it. I love it. I was like, I need to pull it up right now. So I actually have water in it right now because I don't drink coffee. That's great. No, that's so great too. I want to go ahead and pour it up. Can I, can I drink out of it? Of course. Quick? Of course. Go on. Yes. I love it. That's amazing. That's so great. Cool. It says, I was a, a guest on the Dealmakers podcast and all I got is this lousy mug. So I hope you enjoy your lousy mug like everybody else. I know. I really want to take a screenshot of this so I can post it to my feed. Go yeah, ahead. So I'm, really go ahead. I'm doing it right now. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, I'll send it to you. One, two, three. Ready? There we go. Perfect. I'm sending it over. This is so great. Thank you so much, Noel. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Check out more episodes on the Dealmakers podcast available on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and Agora's website at agorareal.com slash podcast. See you in the next episode.